back in the day cuando era un niño Someone in the crowd might have looked at me fail With an evil eye, abuela called it ojo Reached in the fridge and took out a huevo Sign of the cross with the egg as a remedy Rub it on my body to remove the bad energy Pray out loud so we can all hear it Egg underneath the bed to absorb the evil spirits The wind blew, the house shook I laid back with candles, the rosary and the sage plant Sana, sana, fix vapor rub on my chest Fell asleep and woke up in a puddle of sweat Felt better after shaking the omen Zoning, floating on the earth that I'm roaming In the Americas, some call it folklore Up well I broke the egg, now I'm free from all Chasing bloodline to, to the, the test. test When one is jealous of, of another success Family, friends, associates, and neighbors Can all result to bevel when chasing after paper Friends and enemies, good and bad energy Mal de ojo, affecting culture, psychology Bad vibes can damage you and your circle Wrong intentions from so-called friends can hurt you Watch the life you're living, keep them at a distance They'd rather see you missing than healthy and uplifted So you get this chance in this life to make a difference that surround you will affect conditions living space positive how i live yes i try to weather stormy gray day our outside sky blue work through the pain from the out and the inside embrace the joy and avoid the evil eye Tuning in to a multi-platform broadcast of Latino politics and news. We air on 90.1 FM KPFT, Houston's community station. You can also watch us on Fox 26 Houston. I'm Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. Happy to join you here as well as on our other radio show, Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Have Their Say. Also enjoy joining you on What's Your Point on Fox 26 Houston. Today, we have an emergency broadcast because we have to convene to let people know that something is going down that can affect us profoundly. The main topic of today's special broadcast is, is Texas Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick opposed to Mexican-American studies. And this question is really important, and we're just introducing this, and we're going to keep coming back to this issue because of a press conference that Dan Patrick just held and some policies that he's pushing at the University of Texas at Austin. This involves tenure. We'll talk more about what that means. Tenure for professors at the university getting rid of that, and also Dan Patrick wants to go after professors who are teaching critical race theory. This is a specific field of study at the university level, so forget all this mumbo-jumbo that the right wing has been playing with from the K-12 through level, because it doesn't exist there. It exists at the university level. And here's the main question. We need Dan Patrick to tell us 
if Mexican-American studies, especially at the university level, if that is CRT in his opinion or not. We'll be talking to Liana Lopez. She's joining us right now. She is a co-founder of the Libro Traficante Caravan and Movement. She's been a stalwart of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, co-host and producer emeritus. And she's been involved in the community for many years on many sides, brilliant photographer. Lilo, great to see you. Thank you for joining us to talk about this topic. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Like, uh, I thought we did this 10 years ago. Oh, my goodness. You bring, a, <laughs> you bring up a great issue. We're experts on this for many reasons. One, as part of Nuestra Palabra, we've been doing this sort of work going on 25 years. But you just mentioned the Libre Traficante Caravan. So let's remind folks that in 2012, right-wing Republicans in Arizona banned Mexican-American studies and then enforced that ban by going in the classroom and in front of young students boxing up books by our most beloved teachers and professors. Here in Houston, we heard students telling the world that this was happening. And we joined our brothers and sisters in Tucson to smuggle the books that were outlawed on that curriculum back into Arizona. And we became Libertaficantes. Um, Lilo, what would you like people to remember about that specific event? Because it ties in perfectly. I think you just said it. It sounds like it's happening again. Different details, same tactics. Uh, name one or two similarities that you're feeling back from 10 years ago to what might be happening right now. Well, first I'll tell you what I remember. We won that case. That's right. In Arizona. <laughs> yeah, we won that case. We lost a whole, you know, four-year generation of students doing that, but we won that case. Tucson Unified School District is, you know, does their MOS program is is having to start all over. I, I'm not real sure, you know, where it is at this point. We need to do another check-in. But in all actuality, that similarity in and of itself, it destroyed that program. It had to start over. And that's, what, what are we gonna do? Destroy the education system because they don't wanna teach history properly? What are the, who, how do they decide what CRT is? Is it just a book? Is there a list? Cause I remember the 90 book plus, the 90 plus book list that they said was not banned. And in fact, I have that picture. Uh, I'll share it with you if you want to share it. I'm going to send that. What the, what, there are no banned books. And they <laughs> literally had a box of books labeled banned. <laughs> they were on TV. Oh, anyways, I'm going to stop. No, you know what? I mean, uh, you're bringing up a lot of really potent similarities from then. And again, I want to tell folks that we are introducing this topic. We're getting it out to our community because they need to know the extent of this attack on intellectual freedom and on our community, but we're experts at dealing with this. So we will share more details as this goes on. I want you to know that we are on this. We want to let people know and get their reactions. You mentioned a, a detail though. It was the picture of the books that were being carted out of classrooms. You're right. Tucson Unified School District denied that they were banning books. That's very similar. 
you've got a lot of these folks that are suppressing intellectual freedom saying we're not banning books they're updating the suppression of books but in the future we're going to show you the pictures of those boxed up books from Tucson Arizona and there's a similar picture with with some of these uh book bans being enforced today where they're carding books and it's in the same it's it's in the same uh you know setup where they've got them in all these cardboard boxes so I'm glad you remembered that we're going to share those pictures as as we move on but just to catch people up we are convening today to let people know that Dan Patrick who is the Republican uh, Texas uh, lieutenant governor is attacking directly tenure for professors uh, let's break down what that means um, tenure is a policy where after going through many hoops many tests uh, being vetted certain professors then are said well we're not going to fire you the, the university will invest in your career and the idea then is it allows these professors to have intellectual freedom and not be attacked for for what they're teaching um, so dan patrick now because it's a public institution wants to eliminate that for the new folks that are being hired even more alarming he wants to go after professors who are teaching critical race theory at the university level now this is very alarming because critical race theory is taught at the graduate school level it might be taught at the um, college level depends but these are real courses then so now we have to wonder who are those professors um you know lila we're chatting off the air and uh you you said maybe some people don't understand what tenure is. Let's talk a little bit about that because I also don't want to get lost in the jargon from the university level so that people on the ground can hear what it means. What do you think are some basic questions that people might have about, well, what's the big deal? So what? Um, I can get fired at work. Why shouldn't a professor get fired at work? Uh, one of the things about tenure is I, I realize some professors have tenure and that means like they, they're okay. They can They have a free ride and they're protected. But that's not always the case either. Like one of the things about tenure that I find is amazing is, yeah, you're given a job. I have a friend, it's a professor that got tenure at a university that we all know, um, maybe love. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what I found amazing is like, it's not enough to live off of. So like one, you're actually being given protection for teaching things that might be problematic to some power systems that have already been established here. So it's not surprising that these problems are coming up. I feel like, and I, I don't know if we said this off the air or on the air, I just feel like these witch hunts for critical race theory and the way it's being posturized in the media, it really reminds me of the 80s when porn was a big deal and had gone all the way to the Supreme Court because they wanted to find porn what, what porn was. And I think that's the question, right? What is CRT? Is it just a book? Are you going to extrapolate that to other things? Because like, can you tell me what it is? And it reminds me of the Supreme Court judge that was made a laughing stock because they were trying to pin him down. Was well, this porn or is that not porn? And he's like, oh, well, I know porn when I see it. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I feel like that's the craziness we're going to get into. And I, I just feel like right now, anything that teaches history outside of 
what's been commonly taught up till now is a problem for folks. Um, you know, what do you say to a parent that, okay, yeah, you have a right over what your, your kid learns, but also you graduated, you know, when, and we've learned since then. And, you know, um, the teachers are the professionals, which is why they go to college to learn how to teach things. So there's just so many questions. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, there's so many questions that that's part of the approach in that it's so nebulous. It can be anything. So they fit all these things in these boxes, which is one thing for kindergarten to 12th grade, because that complicates it further because critical race theory is not really taught at those levels. It's different because now it's getting specific at the university level. And the other things I want to point out is that right at the same time as the um, this bogus critical race theory approach was evolving, there was a House Bill 1504 led by State Representative Cristina Morales that was pushing for Mexican-American history and African-American history to be counted towards high school graduation requirements in school districts that wanted to teach it, which is very powerful. It was actually supported by Republicans and Democrats. And that bill made history because it's one of the first ethnic studies bills that passed the, the House of uh, Representatives with Republican supporters, Republican co-signers, and Democrat, the Democratic co-signers. It made it to the Senate, it made it out of the Education Committee, and then it got stuck. Here's why this ties into this. Um, that was a beautiful moment. You had Republicans and Democrats working together to support African-American history and Mexican-American history. However, then you had Republicans voting against it, and you had Dan Patrick, who did not allow the bill to get a vote on the Senate floor. I personally feel that it would have been supported by Republicans and Democrats. That's a great Texas. It's a fantastic Texas to imagine that there are people that can say, Forget parties. No one party should be considered opposed to Mexican American studies or opposed to African American history. It should be supported by both because all the research shows that this helps students succeed. However, now we have to decide. Dan Patrick blocked that bill from getting a vote on the Senate floor. I think it would have been supported by both parties. Now we gotta we gotta ask now. At this stage, after Dan Patrick's statements, so did he choke out that bill because he's against Mexican-American history and African-American history? And now at the university level, does he consider African-American history and Mexican-American history CRT or not? I think this is a part then where Republicans have to let us know, are you for African-American history and Mexican-American history or against it? And are you going to wrap it up in all the CRT stuff? Uh, Lilo, any, any thoughts on that? Because that was a great moment. And, and I'm tempted to think not, not every Republican is against African-American history or Mexican-American history because some directly supported it. Now Dan Patrick is going to force everyone's hand to pick if they're for or against it. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that's a bad thing to force people to say whether they're for it or not. I feel like it's just a distraction, honestly. And and I feel like, you know, we did this in Arizona 10 years ago and like we're doing this 
again. And I realized how many times the folks, you know, our elders in the civil rights movement that got beat in front of people's houses, uh, you know, by the police, how, how many times they had to see this over and over again. Yeah, I'm going to stop there. That's deep. New details, same oppression. And let's 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 report where people voted on House Bill 1504. And Dan Patrick, do you, if you represent the Republican Party, are you saying that the Republican Party has your view? And exactly where does critical race theory stand in that? that this is the 10-year anniversary of the Libro Traficante Caravan. We haven't made too many announcements, so this is the first announcement we're going to make. Come March, we're going to kick off a full year of celebrating the work of the Libro Traficante Caravan. But guess what? It's just in time to deal with this mess again. So they've changed the details. It's the same oppression, but we're experts at this. And like Lilo said, is we schooled. We schooled the oppressors last time. We're ready to do that again. So folks, if you are a Lido Traficante from the past, get your sunglasses together, get your band books together. We're coming with the bus. We're coming with the band books. We're going to be visiting all of our old Lido Traficante underground libraries. Lilo, what'd you say? You said that the gente before us, the activists before us, they had to revisit these things. I remember during the caravan, African-American civil rights leaders were saying, we're opening underground libraries again. It's like, it's so true. I mean, it's, you know, but it has to, it has to keep repeating itself because the attacks will keep coming. We, we've seen that. They'll find another way with one little loophole that you have to go through a whole other 10 years of fighting again. So it's good, you know, in a way it keeps, it keeps we're moving forward. We're moving forward. It's disheartening to see a lot of disgusting things happening. And so, like, it's really good. We have to keep coming back to this because if not, how are others going to see it? And we can't be negative with the folks that are coming in because their experience can be completely different. They're ready to go just like we were, and we have the experience, and we need to let people lead. And that's what happened with the Legal Traficante. It wasn't us. It was the students. We just wanted to, we just wanted to bring them books. <laughs> I love it. Uh, on that note, another first announcement. I do want to mention that um, um, I finished a book. It's coming out in August of this year, and it's called The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. I'm bringing it up today because in that book, I talk about the Libro Traficante Caravan. I talk about Nuestra Palabra. But Lilo, you put your finger on it. It's about community cultural capital. Even when I began writing it, um, I was trying to avoid just chronicling what happened in the past because it's clear that these attacks happen again and again. How far back? This is actually a book that I started writing during the 500th year after 
after the Spanish pirates invaded uh, the, the land of the Mexica and the Mexica government handed over governance of its government and people to the Spanish pirates. That was 500 years ago. And what they did is they burned the libraries and they burned the books. That happened in the past. Our legacy was burned. The books were burned. What's happening 10 years ago? Right-wing Republicans in Arizona banned Mexican-American studies. Like Lilo mentioned, let's point something out. Um, and I point this out too in the book. The heroes were the students of Tucson, the professors who came up with the curriculum, the people of Tucson who showed us how to be brave facing that sort of discrimination head on. All of us united, communities from the ground up, united across the Southwest, across the nation to bring their energies together to overturn that racist law. And it was overturned. But we learned so much from it and from each other. And we're all connected still so that now we can apply those same energies to this, this next era. Because there are so many similarities. But one big thing is the goal is to get the hands out of our, the, the goal is to get books out of the hands of our youth. It's, the goal is to erase our history. The, the last thing I'm saying, I'm going to throw it back to Lilo to get her insights. Think about this. The eraser of our history has been erased. If, if for the first time right now, you're hearing that Mexican studies was banned 10 years ago and you didn't hear about it, why not? How did you not hear about our history and culture being obscured, erased under our noses in our time. That also means you didn't hear about a community coming together, pushing back and overturning that. Lilo, I'm going to stop there too. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on this coming back again? And I think we are the experts. And when I say we, I mean the whole community. Yeah, what hooks me the most with the Lilo Traficante caravan, how that happened was the students were the ones under 18 years old that went for two years every Tuesday to these school board meetings. How many parents did that before CRT was being injected into the conversation? Two, these kids are under 18 going mm -hmm. to school board meetings. It wasn't the teachers that organized that. It was the students. And so even now, like when I start talking about that, it still makes me cry because it just, it's over, it's overwhelming to, to see people that are not really legally able to take care of, to take part in our justice system, take part in our justice system and the civil part where we tell them, be part of the community, speak up for yourself. And then so violently attacked on a, on a on a mental level by having to fight for this for two years and then after they did their shade that government in that tucson school district did their shady stuff um during you know between the christmas and new year's break 
They waited for the kids to come back so they could take those books out in front of them. Which is shameful. That, that's psychological warfare. Diana Lopez, she's joining us right now. She is a co-founder of the Libro Traficante Caravan and Movement. She's been a stalwart of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. One, you put a lot of heart and soul into forming the Libro Traficante Caravan and the movement and to Nuestra Palabra. But I think people might not understand the amount of pain, the trauma that our community goes through with things like that. I Thank didn't you. until I saw it firsthand. The other thing is right now with these bands going on, again, we're going to dedicate more shows, more time to talking about these bands um, and, and to doing something about it. But right now, a lot of youth are standing up to those bands as well. We'll bring their voices in. We'll talk to them. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about another thing, too, because at the time, Folks need to be reminded that the basis for the banning of Mexican American studies was very similar to some of the attacks right now um, uh, that are going on. Um, so, for example, one of the lines in the law used to ban Mexican American studies in Arizona was that it, pro it, it prohibited courses that promoted the overthrow of the government, which is ridiculous. And, and here's how that tactic works. If you are someone that doesn't know anything about the Mexican American community and all you see are the portrayals and corporate entertainment, which means we're gangbangers, cartel members, etc. Well, when you hear that youth are being taught to overthrow the government, you're going to get scared. And if you were walk up to anybody in a grocery store and say, hey, should students overthrow the government? They're going to say no. So, uh, so that was a salacious attack. That's really meant to scare people and, and be, be divisive. That was not the case. And, for example, in the curriculum were books like The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros, which was just one of the big read books here in Houston. So many people have read the book and love it. And if you've read the book, you know that there's nothing in there about being violent or overthrowing the government. It's about the American dream, having hope. It's a beautiful work of art. So, so that wasn't that wasn't an accurate portrayal. Let me show you something then too that is part of the portrayal of um, this notion of what CRT is or isn't that is uh, scaring people. Um, so here's a quote by Dan Patrick at a press conference. We didn't say you don't talk about race. We didn't say that you can't teach about slavery. We didn't say that you ignore history. What we said is that you're not going to teach a theory. I'm not going to touch that because <laughs> theories are <laughs> in math. That's okay. You're not going to teach a theory that says you're going to judge you when you walk in a classroom by the color of your skin. Um, 
Okay, of course not. I'm against that too. And I don't know any professor that teaches a theory that judges people when you walk in the classroom by the color of your skin. And in fact, if I saw a professor doing that, I would tell them not to do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't do that. That's not teaching. I don't know what that is. So, so Dan Patrick, you don't know anything about teaching or you were traumatized by that teacher. Nobody does that. And in fact, there's policies and laws to prevent that already. So I'd like to know who did that and, and we can correct that person from doing it. That's not how you teach. Secondly, um, he wants to get rid of some theory that he thinks says that if you're white, you were born a racist and that that's normal, not an aberration, and you're an oppressor. And if you're a person of color, you're a victim. It's fascinating that he is using the word person of color. So all of a sudden, <laughs> he he's trying to adopt progressive terms, which he doesn't understand the meaning of. And I shouldn't laugh because the rest of the statement, um, there is no theory. I've never heard of this theory. Again, uh, I am a practitioner of Mexican American studies. I have advanced degrees. I am uh, a progenitor of Mexican American literature. I write books that are studied. I am in books that are studied. Um, this is actually the, the a book. This is an example of critical race theory. This is critical race theory. This is not, um, uh, you know, imaginary discussions of it. This is the book. It says critical race theory. Uh, and you've got Richard Delgado and Jean Stefanik. Um, Richard Delgado has written about the Libertaficantes in his books on critical race theory. I can promise you, having read the works, nowhere does it say if you're white, you're born a racist, and that's normal, that's not an aberration. Um, I have never seen that in a book of critical race theory by Dr. Delgado. It does not exist. I, I, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to throw it to Lilo in a second. Here's my point. That statement by an elected official sounds exactly like the statements by the right-wing Arizona Republicans who banned Mexican studies when they said that Mexican studies promoted the overthrow of the government. Okay? It does not. That, that does not happen. Now, at the university level, you can't, you can't bully professors the way you're bullying kindergarten parents and kindergarten kids, uh, you know. So he's going to have to show exactly what that means. He has said in, in some of these statements that, that he is going to explain what that means. So we'll be looking forward to, to some of that. I'm going to stop there. Uh, Lilo, um, what are your thoughts on Dan Patrick's scare tactic there? Are you scared? <laughs> I think the problem is, is people get too bored to pay attention to it. It's, it's hard to get people to understand what's going on first. Exactly what's, you know, how they've broken it down to make incredibly minute details, you know, problematic to one, tell a story. But the other thing is too, you, me and you and Brian and, and all the other legal traffickers that made it to the Arizona trial sat there every day in that trial and could not say a thing. You know, you think it's hard to, to get this like there. It's hard to sit through that. And it, it took a lot of time. Um, it's really hard when people are, are trying to uh, make a living, forced to make a living, have to provide for their family.
I'm Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. Happy to host right now. And we have back in the studio with us Diana Lopez, one of the co-founders of Libro Traficante Caravan and a champion of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. Like I mentioned, today is a special broadcast to catch people up to speed on where we're at with the movement, let you know what is brewing. But we're going to be... Uh, we're going to be helping people understand this throughout the year. And as we mentioned, the timing is perfect because we have the 10-year celebration of the Libre Topic at the Caravan that we mentioned. We're experts at this. We see the patterns, and we won before. We're going to win again. We, there are some differences, though, Lilo. Uh, there, there are a couple differences, and and some of them – uh, where and one thing I do explain in the uh, in the book, Tip of the Pyramid: Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. One tactic that we were employing at that time, uh, back during the uh, banning of Mexican American studies by Arizona officials, was to contain that to one state, and that was important so that it be the concentration of effort would be in the lawsuit in Arizona. Um, there were moments, including actions by Dan Patrick uh, and other Republicans, where it was clear that Republicans in Texas were testing some of the actions of the right-wing Republicans from Arizona and using it. Um, you know, I document that in the book. We'll talk about it in other shows. But the main point is that there were certain people in Texas, ready to copy what Arizona was doing, we were able to catch these details because we were studying all aspects of it. This is different now because this so-called anti-CRT campaign is in several states. So that means we have to answer that movement with our movement. And we're great at creating a movement. The movement is spreading right now. We don't want people to get discouraged. Once you know that planning is happening, feel free to get in touch with us. We want to unite. But at the end of the day, let's get something clear. This is about everybody sharing their voice. Dan Patrick says we want to make white people feel bad or that they're oppressors. That is not the case. I'm a writer. I'll personally let you know. I want everybody to tell their story. We demand that everybody have a chance to tell their story. We just want to let you know that our stories have been attacked. And right now, it's Dan Patrick who seems to be attacking it. And I want to get to the bottom of this. So, you know, he can say that some people are doing imaginary things. I'm here to find out if Dan Patrick is going after Mexican-American studies. And if he's going after Mexican-American studies, that means he's also going after African-American studies. So this is pretty clear. Dan Patrick, are you attacking Mexican-American studies? And do you consider... Mexican American studies and African American studies, CRT, because that has to be clarified, especially when you're making policies that can cost professors their jobs. And here's the worst thing, Lilo. Here's the worst thing. They're going to water down education in Texas. They're going to make Texas the laughing stock of a global society. This is supposed to be the country with the best education on the planet. It's supposed. It's he's about to flush it all down the toilet. I'm going to stop, Lilo. Because I'm about Lilo? to point out at where we fall in the education list of the states. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does he care? I, you know, I again, 
I, I hear you. People do need to start caring. I'm not telling you to go it, not to vote. You have to do it. Just do the shenanigans if you can. You know, some people can't. Um, and I'm applauding the folks that take the time to do this. Um, and we need to make sure that we support uh, the folks that, that are making the effort. There are folks out there. You know, I, I see a lot of folks out there trying to do things. So I feel like on the what you see on the day-to-day -day basis on your screens that are there now are the sob stories to for clicks. And you know what? We are we are we are not a sacrifice zone. We live here, we've been here. Mm. Um we're gonna continue to live here and I, you know, okay, cry about what's happening, but somebody has to do something. And I tell you what, I'm not running for office. So I will, you know, find someone that I feel like could be that person and support them because those are the folks that are my friends that people I know. And it is the only way that I will be involved um, in politics. Because when our friends make mistakes, we know that they didn't, you know, we know what's going on. It's not a spin on what the media is doing. You don't necessarily have to hear them say, oh, this is not what I meant to happen or whatever, because they're going to go after our politicians. Look at Ben Reyes, look at Betty Maldonado. They're coming. Mm -hmm. And we have to have a strategy for that to negate them. And that's, I think, my problem with politics is I can't do this over and over again, but I want to support the people that are enthusiastic about still wanting to do that fight. I have other fights that, I've, that I'm taking on. Somebody has to do it, and I'm willing to support that in in um in a good way like that and you're expert at creating movements so the the movement is about to uh kick, kick it up a gear kick it up a notch it's just in time and um you know we'll start winding it down for this special broadcast but i will add this then what what's clear to me is that this is not a new attack but because of what the work we did as a community uh, back back 10 years ago, we know some of the details, we spot them. And it seems to me that the folks that are plotting against the success of our education are plotting at 10-year clips. And I'll close with this and I'll give Lilo the last word. Um, I'll close with this. Ladies and gentlemen, I think some folks in our community, some folks in the Latino community, they may hear this and think, you know what? I, this is, I'm not going to get involved. I'm, I'm not going to get involved right now. This is, you know, hurtful against the community, but, you know, I need to keep working hard. Um, you know, I'm going to keep my head down and, you know, uh, I will support people from behind the scenes. In the past, people did that because each generation could succeed because that generation that I'm describing right now worked hard. You know, we're, we're famous for working hard. We're famous for breaking our backs. My dad broke his back, but he always told me, I'm breaking my back so you won't have to. I'm breaking my back so you can work in an office. I'm breaking my back so you will go to school. Here's the problem. When we see elected officials banning our history and culture, sabotaging education, the one way our community can advance is through education. Now you have elected officials who are taking over states and imploding the education system. 
I want our community to understand that what seems to be at stake is that the next generation can no longer be expected to succeed and do better than the generation before them. And right now is the moment we have to stand up and speak up to demand that we have access to education, intellectual freedom, so that our youth can progress and prosper. This is no indoctrination. We want them to grow up and be free thinkers, whatever political party they may choose to be from. But if there's a political party against us, I want to know which one it is right now. Hey, that's it for today. I want to give Lilo the last word. Lilo. I'm ready for that fight. I think the folks that are getting affected now are actually coming out are the youth in this era that I see. They're amazing. Like for me, they get out there, they want to do things and every generation before us is going to say, oh, you're lazy, you're lazy. Yeah, well, you know, you wanted this life for me, right? It was really hard to explain to my folks what I did when I didn't show up in an office every day. <laughs> and, and one of the things that really struck me as you were saying, you know, as long as I worked in an office and, and honestly, I'm kind of at that point where, you know, why would anybody have a dream job? Why would it be anybody's dream to work for someone when we can do it all locally and by ourselves? And it's really hard to say that in an hour long show or, in, you know, it's just, who's got time to listen to that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, thanks for joining us, Liana. You have been experiencing a special, this is a crisis edition of Latino politics and news, a multi-platform broadcast. <laughs>